0: You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's word today. We are blessed to have a guest speaker here with us today. Um, his picture and his family's picture is on our wall out there, on our missionary wall out there. So, uh, Can I just encourage everyone today during coffee hour, go out there and look at one of those pictures. Write the names down. Take a picture of it. Put it on your phone and pray over them this week. Pray over them this week. That's so important. They definitely covet our prayers. Um, so get to know those, those people out there. Those, these are the people that we support. Um, so uh, he is the leader of Chi Alpha Ministries uh, at, on the campus of Yale. And how many of you know that a college campus can be one of the most hostile places to the gospel, administration, faculty, students? So uh, you know he definitely covers your prayers and your support. Um, He also has a Scottish accent, so that automatically makes him the coolest person you're going to meet this week. All right? So please show your appreciation for Rob Malcolm.
1: (laughs) Well, good morning. How are we? It's good to be back with you again. It's been a few years, but it's always a privilege. Maybe not the circumstance I want to come. I've been praying for um, Pastor Dan and Stephanie, and we continue, obviously, all to pray for healing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah, we are your missionaries at Yale University. Uh, We've been there 10 years. God called us to pioneer Chi Alpha there, and all Chi Alpha is the organization we're part of, the denomination, the movement. We are the outreach to the secular universities, and we have the privilege of being at Yale, as I said, for 10 years. Uh, I have my daughter, Lily, with me this morning. She just turned 11. My whole family would have been here, but uh, my son is sick. He woke up this morning sick. We have just had our regional conference for all staff, and uh, my daughter was sick last week. He's sick this week, but he worked with three to seven-year-olds for a week, or five-year-olds, three to five-year-olds, so, you know, he's going to come back with something. Hygiene is not a priority for a three- to five-year-old, let's be honest so he woke up this morning sick so my wife and son are home today but uh, we have had uh, honestly the best year we've ever had on campus this last year Uh, we connected with almost 100 incoming first years we ran out of beds for our fall retreat we couldn't take any more students with us we had no space left we sent three mission trips out uh, to grenoble in france to new york city and to an undisclosed location in asia Uh, For sensitive reasons, we can't say where they went. But we sent out three mission trips this spring. We've never done that before. So God has been incredibly good and kind. Yeah, I appreciate that. Just because, as we always say, God loves Yale more than we love Yale. But he does. And I know culturally we so often put a ring fence around the college campus because it is hostile. It is hard. But what happens on the campus today in 10 years' time will be in our house. So I would rather be there today trying to influence that before it comes into our house in 10 years' time. As you know, Yale students, they kind of change our world. Presidents, Supreme Court justices, people who decide laws and policies that will influence us every day graduate from my school. And we have the privilege of being salt and light and truth to them. And so we want to thank you that you allow us to be the hands and feet of Jesus at Yale. We're grateful for your support to allow us to do that. So we moved to Connecticut in 2011. We moved actually from Virginia, with my Virginia accent. And we bought a home in 2013. And people had always said, you need to go and hike Sleeping Giant State Park. It's beautiful. You should go do it. So 2014, with a two-year-old and a five-year-old, we went to Sleeping Giant State Park. We packed our bags with snacks and drinks, and we parted. And as we walked in, there was the large sign that basically told you all the trails. And so we ignored that because, you know, we know what we're doing. And we found a trail and clearly people had walked this trail a lot. So we're like, well, let's follow this trail. And for the first 20 to 30 minutes, it was beautiful up through the trees. We wandered. It was just really nice. And it got higher and we could see more and more of Connecticut, which was beautiful and then the path got a little bit narrower, but we were okay, and we stopped, and we took the selfie as a family, as you always do, and we kept on walking, and the path was getting narrower, and we're like, uh, it's okay, two-year-old, five-year-old, we're good. And then we came to the point where the path basically stopped at a cliff, and the path clearly continued at the bottom of the cliff, so you had to somehow repel down this cliff. Now, here's what you need to know about me. I hate doubling back. My wife will tell you, when I go for a walk, I I like a nice circuit. I don't want to do this. I want to do this. So, of course, I'm like, sure, we can do this. My wife, who is the voice of reason, was like, we are not doing that. We could barely barely do that. But the two-year-old and the five-year-old have no chance. So, under much displeasure of dad, we turned and walked back. And we joked afterwards, that picture we took of the selfie of us, we're like, that would have been on NBC Connecticut tonight. (laughs) Family plunges to their death at at Sleeping Giant State Park, because the dad insisted they try and climb down a cliff. When we went that walk that day, it was clear that everyone had walked this path. This was a very popular trail, and that's how it started, that everyone was on it. If we'd only stopped and read the signpost, we would have seen it say, don't go that way. That's not the path for you. But we, in our own wisdom, decided we wanted to walk this path. You know, we're all walking paths every day. Maybe not physically, but we are. You see, we're all headed somewhere. And the question is, where's that path taking you? Now, what do I mean? Well, it might be for some of us we're in a relationship that maybe we shouldn't be in. Where's that path going to take us? Or maybe in our job we're compromising on our integrity and who God's calling us to be, but everyone else is doing the same thing, so we just follow the example, well, where's that going to take us? Or maybe our thought life, maybe our thoughts We wouldn't want them shared with anyone else at times. How we think about ourselves, how we think about others, how we think about God. And where's that path taking us? And for some of us, it may even be that no one else knows in this room, but your path is taking you away from God. Because it's just hard to be a Christian at times, or so it seems. But no one can see it, but in your mind, the path is walking you away from Jesus, You see, we're always, always, always walking a path somehow, somewhere. Most people can't see it, but we're headed somewhere. And so the question this morning is, where is it taking you? Where's the destination that the path or the paths you're walking will end up? Because this morning, we're going to look at Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is the signpost, the billboard onto the path. It tells us how to walk. And Psalm 1 gives us two choices. Walk this way, the well-worn path that everyone's walking, or walk this way. It's a lot less popular. It's a lot more quiet. Less people seem to walk this one. But this morning we're going to see Psalm 1 gives us this choice. How are we going to walk? So let's read Psalm 1 this morning. What does it say? It says, blessed is the man woman, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They're like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in the season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let's pray. Father, we come to this word this morning. We come to Psalm 1. And God, we ask that the breath of your Spirit will breathe life into these words. Lord, it's not the words that I speak that count. It is your written word that comes alive under the breath of your Spirit. So Holy Spirit, would you breathe words and life into this, we pray, that we may go out changed, that we don't leave the way we came in. So we surrender this time to you, Holy Spirit, do your will, have your way. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So here we have this. Now, I love the Psalms. Actually, this spring, as a community in yale Kiafa, we actually went through the Psalms. And we called it the soundtrack of your life because the Psalms were the songbook for the early church. Jesus would have sung these words. Doesn't that seem amazing? But these were the songs of the church. The time of Jesus and through the first few hundred years, this is what they sang, were well, the Psalms. They were the soundtrack to our life. Me and my wife, we aged ourselves with our students because when we're preparing the messages, we're like, can we call it like the record? No, they're not going to know what a record is. Nope. Can we call it a CD? Mm -mm, It's not going to work either. We're like, oh my goodness. So we had to say, so when you download your music, I've never downloaded music in my life. My daughter downloads music. I have no idea. But we said, these are the songs. So let's start with the first song. Because it's the maybe most important song of all. And what I love about the Psalms is that they're just full of image and metaphor. They describe how to live. So let's walk down both these paths this morning and let's see where they end up. So let's start on this path in Psalm 1. And the Psalmist says there's this path and it's wide and popular clearly. And there's lots of people walk down this path. But notice what the Psalmist says. You walk, then you stop, and then you sit on this path. He who walks, he who stands, he who sits. Well, think about it. If I'm walking, it's actually not too hard for me to turn and walk the other way. I'm already in motion. Does that make sense? But you see, when I get down here and I stop walking and I stand, it actually takes more effort to begin moving again. I have to consciously choose. I'm going to have to start moving. But my, if I'm down this path and I sit I turned 50 last month. I can just say it's a little bit harder to have the motion to get up, to turn, and to walk again than I did when I was 20. Now listen to what the psalmist is saying to us. The further down you walk this path, the harder it is to turn and walk back. Because you'll be in motion, then you'll stand, then you'll sit. And it's much harder to get up and turn and walk away when everyone can see you. Because you were sitting in the presence of others in this path. So I think the psalmist is beginning by saying, look, the further you, down walk this, you walk down this path, the harder it will be to turn. You can still do it, but it gets harder. But notice the other thing about this path. The psalmist says, look, this is the path of destruction. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had a, saw a path and the sign over it said destruction, I'd be like, oh, that sounds great, let's go. I wouldn't want to walk down a path that says this way to wickedness. Fantastic. Sounds awesome. None of us think that. So why does everyone walk it? Why do so many walk a path that says this way to destruction? Because it's enticing. It's alluring. And do you know what? Our natural self desperately wants to walk down this path there's no good part in me that wants to walk this path. But you know what? We fall into it so easily. And why do we walk it? Because there's people who are walking it are shouting to us and saying, come walk this way. There are people already walking down that path that call to us, hey, come this way. It's appealing. And again, the psalmist tells us who's down this path. The psalmist says, it's the wicked, the scoffer, and the sinner. Now again, I'm like, I don't think that sounds very nice. I don't want to follow the wicked, the the mocker, or the sinner. But still, the psalmist says, but people walk it. So why do we walk a path that leads to destruction? And the people that are walking it are wicked and mockers and sinners. I'll tell you why. The wicked are the people that say true is false and false is true. And evil is good and good is evil. And that sounds appealing. That's what the wicked do. And the sinner is the one that says, Look, I do it, so you're fine. Just join me, it's much easier. And the mocker is the one who says, Christianity? Come on. Free yourself from those shackles, free yourself from the binds of that faith. You see, this is the message of our culture, and it's appealing. Cast off those religious shackles. Be free. And as I constantly tell our students, you're made to worship something. If you cast this off, you're going to pick something else up instead. You can't not. You can't not worship something. And you walk down this path, who do you worship? Yourself. It's the love of self. And as I tell our students all the time, you don't want to see the inside rob, the inside rob's a mess, you really want the redeemed rob that Jesus is working on, but you see this path, the love of self that mocks, that scoffs, that is full of sin and wickedness, believes itself to be free, believes itself to have life, So look at the rates of anxiety and depression we see in our culture today. Now hear me graciously as I say this. So much of it is because we are now our own God. We are now our own champion. And if I am my champion, I'm in trouble. And if I'm my own God, I'm in trouble. Because there's nothing good in me. But the voices are appealing and say, come on this way, you're okay. It's okay. But you see, the path ends somewhere. It has to. And the psalmist tells us, and it ends in destruction. We will destroy ourselves as we walk down this path. But it's appealing, and we lean into it. So there's this path we can walk down, but the psalmist says there's another path you can go. It goes this way. I'm like, oh, okay, where does this path end? And the psalmist says, a tree. Say again. (laughs) I end up like a tree. Don't really know what to do with that, psalmist. The end of this path is a tree. Okay, this one I can see destruction. I get that, but what do I Do I change? I I don't really know. Into a tree? Well, what is the psalmist saying? The psalmist is saying the end point of this path is a tree. But for the first people to hear this story, they would know what that means. Because the psalmist says, look, this tree never withers, always flourishes, is healthy. In other words, when you walk this way, you end up with a soul that prospers. Now, that prosperity might not be wealth. And sometimes it may not even be health, but the soul within lives, is alive, flourishes. Because the first hearers would know that for a tree to be healthy in the Middle East, it needed to be connected to a source of life. It needed water to live. And so if you found that tree, there was life. So the psalmist says, you walk down this path, you end up with life. And we know the source of all living water is who? Jesus. He tells us, if you come to me, living water will come out to you. So we know this is the path to take. So I'm like, this is great. I take this path, I'm destroyed. I take this path, I become a tree. But I get what that means. I'm going to be alive. My soul will prosper. I will flourish so the question becomes, how do I get there? How do I walk down this path? And the psalmist tells me, read your Bible, pray every day. Oh, is that a. That's not exciting. I wanted this path to be exciting. And you're saying I just have to meditate. I mean, it says meditate on the law every day. That does not seem exciting. Meditate on the law. Read your Bible, pray every day. But here's the, here's the deal. The key word is meditate. You see, that word that's used, there was a great um, Christian writer called Eugene Peterson. And he said that Hebrew word for meditate, he said, here's the best way can, we can imagine it. You give a dog a big bone. Here's what that dog's going to do. It's going to take that bone. It's going to run away from you, and it's going to go to somewhere in the yard, and it's going to get down there, and it, man, is going to love that bone. It is going to chew in that bone. It's going to suck the marrow out. And do you know what that dog will be doing? It will actually be growling. But it's not growling in anger. It's actually growling with pleasure because it is so happy with this bone, and it's going to keep working on that bone till that bone is done. And what Peterson said is this word meditate is that idea that you take the scriptures away, you sit down, and you chew on them. You don't say, well, I have to read three chapters today. You're like, you know what? I'm going to read until I'm satisfied. I'm going to read until I meet with Jesus. I'm going to read until something changes in my soul. And that's this idea of meditating. Now, forgive me for being facetious when I say read your Bible and pray every day. I do read my Bible and pray every day. But what I'm looking for is to encounter Jesus. Either as I pray or as I read scripture, I meet with him. And this word that's going to take me to a soul that prospers and flourishes, the way I get there is to spend time with Jesus, reading, praying, It may even do some other spiritual practices like contemplating, silence. Whatever it is, I meet with Jesus and my soul prospers. So the psalmist says, hey, there's two paths you can take. There's this big board at the start. You should read the big board. And the big board says Psalm 1. And it says, you have two choices how you walk. The natural you, oh, this one's appealing. And everybody walks it. So I should walk this way. But the psalmist gives us a warning. No, you have to choose to walk that way. You're going to have to want to walk that way. You know, there's an old poem you might have read in school, Robert Frost, The Path, uh, The Road Not Taken. Two paths diverge in a wood. And I took the one less traveled. And you're like, yes, he took the, the path less traveled. But then he says, basically, oh, but I wish I'd take another one too. That's our soul. You see, the psalmist is not saying this is a one and done. The psalmist is saying every day you have a choice. Because you're going to want to walk both paths for fear of missing out. And he says, You cannot live that way. Choose. Choose. It will be a conscious choice every day for you and me. We're going to want to walk this way, but our soul will prosper. We'll be alive in Jesus when we walk this way. The old movie Casablanca. I have to unpack this so much when I speak with our students. This is a very old movie. Are you saying 1970s? <sighs> no, no, way older than 1970s. Thank you. 19, oh, it's like, oh, good grief. But for those of us who don't know, you know, there's that moment. You know, they're in Algeria. The Nazis have occupied this French country or a country that has French-speaking language. And they're in the bar. And some of them begin to sing Le Maasier, the French national anthem, while there are Nazi troops right there. And the pianist is like, (laughs) do I do this, do I not? Do I do this, do I not? And he looks around to his boss, should I do this? And the decision is play. So he begins to play le maasai. He had to make a conscious decision to do it. There had to be determination and there had to be decision. And it's the same for you and me every morning do I choose to walk this path? I won't stumble into it, but every morning I surrender to Jesus and say, Jesus, my carnal soul wants to walk this way. But you redeem me and you change me. And so I surrender to you that I may walk this way. Because I long to see my soul flourish and prosper in you. And that will require me to meditate on the beauty of your words, to bring all my things to you in prayer, and to hear you in prayer. And there I meet you, and I am changed. So this morning, what choice will you make every day? That sounds like a lot of work, Rob. The Christian faith is not easy. That's why we're told in Scripture, make sure you know what you're doing. Do you realize the cost? Are you building the right foundation? And every day we are called to what? To crucify the flesh, pick up the cross, and follow him. And so it's a decision every day. Jesus, I want to go this way with the crowds, with the mockers and the scoffers and the sinners. But you call me this way. Resolve my soul to follow hard after you. So let's close our eyes this morning. I want to take a moment in prayer. And as we pray, I'm asking us to come before Jesus. And I'm going to ask us in a moment, we're going to take a little bit of silence. that You just come before Jesus before I close us in prayer. And you ask him, Lord, oh, would you take this soul and put it on the right path? I know the path will end up somewhere that I'm walking, but I want it to be following hard after you. So let's just take a few moments of silence as you pray to Jesus, and then I'll close us out. Jesus, we ask that you would meet us here this morning. Lord, would you show us in our heart where we long to walk the wide path? Would you give us the humility and the grace we need to confess? And would you do the work in us that we would turn and walk the other way? Lord, I pray you'd remind us every day this week that there's a big sign in front of us, Psalm 1. And Lord, would you give us everything we need, the grace and the strength to follow hard after you, to meditate on your words, that we would prosper and flourish like that tree because you are the living water poured out upon us every day. So we surrender all this to you, Jesus. And all God's people said. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at
0: www.livinghopechurchag.org.